Welcome back to the Master of None podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast, as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Today we have a great show for you. One day, history will remember the word Chapita. You're probably thinking, what did I just stumble into here? Well, I have an interesting show for you tonight. And my question for you is, would you volunteer for a program for one year where you knew four strangers and you were simulating the effects on Mars? NASA just locked four volunteers in a 1,700 square foot habitat that simulates Mars, and they're going to be in there for the next 378 days. Sunday, June 25th marked the start of Mission 1 of NASA's Crew Health and Performance Exploration Analog, aka CHAPIA. The participants, which include a research scientist, a structural engineer, an emergency medicine physician, and a microbiologist, were selected from a pool of applicants to be a part of the first of three simulated Mars missions, each a year long. The crew members will live in work in the simulated Mars habitat at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. Throughout their stay, the group will participate in crop growth, simulated spacewalks, habitat maintenance, and science experiments. They will also face a range of challenges and environmental stressors to simulate a real-life human mission. NASA says the goal of the mission is to, quote, assess human health and performance in relation to Mars-relevant resource limitations in isolation and confinement. Now, when I can't help but be like, we are part of Mission Chapia, and we are here to liberate Mars. Actually, that's not really what's going on, but this is probably, it like, kind of feels, I'm not going to lie to you, like, obviously, this mission has some importance as it relates to solitary with a group of people looking into it. We'll get into that. But it feels kind of like one of those Mr. Beast YouTube shows where they're like, if you can stay in here for one year, you will get a car. And then, like, they have, like, you know, if you're not familiar with Mr. Beast, he has all those YouTube channel, YouTube. He's on YouTube, but he has those videos. But let's kind of get into this. So on June 25th, four members were suited up and embarking on this simulated mission to Mars. So whenever you imagine this environment, so if you haven't seen it, it's actually going to be created, it's actually been created at Johnson Space Center in a... um a hanger it's a big hanger and they used a 3d printer to kind of give that adobe effect so if you're not familiar with the 3d printer uh it actually looks like lines going back and forth almost like lines of play-doh or clay and that's the environment and i think it's about i think it's over 1700 square feet and each room is going to be relatively small um you know i'm sure you know not super spacious they'll have a common area They'll actually have a simulated um, environment for Mars with red dirt. They have a workout facility. They have no, um, man, the gym, I couldn't go in there unless they had a better gym. That'd be like my first critique. But these are all volunteers and they can leave whenever they want. Now, what's really interesting about it is this mission's going to have some, some simulations that create the effect that you've actually traveled to Mars. Now, whenever we look at this mission, it's not actually doing the, the whole aspect of 
being fired off into space. It's just you're on Mars and you're living there, you know, and so far they've been there for two weeks. So at this point, there could have been see some effects occurring, you know, potentially what is happening, because being with the same people for four days would be quite intense. You know, they're doing simulated missions, and, and this is, in fact, important, but, you know, some of the interesting aspects of it is they're going to have a 20-minute delay from mission control to the actual simulated environment. So that's what's going to happen within space, because I think you know, Mars to Earth is about 93 million miles. And to put that in the context, Earth to the Sun is about 900, 903 million miles, which is one astronomical unit. And that I just, anyways, so that's kind of how space is used. So it's kind of like being attached to Adobe House with a large sandbox that's red, okay? And there's murals of Mars on it. I think that would be pretty interesting to deal with. Actually, this speech where they went into and talked about it, and I can honestly say it's like, you know, it does kind of remind me too of the movie Biodome, but whenever we look at the research, it's not going to be as large as Biodome. Um, this facility is really testing the aspects of what could happen as it relates to the mental well-being of the crew, because in all reality, um, going to Mars at some point with four people will be really taxing, but how you kind of create the environment will be really really important now i wish they gave me more information on the individuals because at the end of the day you know i'm the youngest of nine and i always believe you know if you're going to put this many people together hopefully all four of them have grown up in big families because if you have individuals who've never lived in close quarters with people it's going to be really really tough you know because that's one of the most important things but Whenever we look at it, it does feel like, like a YouTube or reality TV show. I mean, could you imagine if this was televised or if you're working on it? I mean, there would be like internal drama that happens, and they're obviously going to create that to ground control. What's really interesting, if they implement certain aspects of, you know, if there is problems, do they have like a psychologist come in and talk? Do they have individuals carry out certain conversations? Because I think that's where we would really get an interesting conversation happening is how people are going to deal with certain problems. Now, the bedrooms have running water, but what they're going to do is they're going to limit the water for each individual. So to kind of simulate what's going on on Mars, and they're also going to be eating the, the freeze-dried food for one year. You know, they're going to have periodic random drops of fruit. Obviously, it can't be timed to help them, you know, on occasion, you know. But you're going to be really, it's going to be, a, you know, if you look at these kind of environments, it's really close to prison. But my only problem with this is you don't have that. It doesn't look like when I looked at pictures, they don't have any, um, they don't have any sunlight coming in, which in my opinion is a negative effect. I don't know if it's a really, I think probably they needed to have an environment where they have some type of sun coming in, but they're not really testing that because I think the hardest part about this whole journey or, or whole environment is being locked in for one year and not being able to see the sun so i think they're probably going to face some issues with that so i'm going to get a little bit more of what i think um and going from there but i think yeah i just love putting those random breaks in here because you probably think i was going to say something really like like dave but i want to kind of get into what it means so I know, you know, when we look at this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some real impact on science, and we know that. And 
as we start to gear up to Mars, I really have some interesting thoughts about this. Now, obviously, SpaceX is really spearheading the concept of going to Mars as it relates to reusable rockets. Elon Musk has been focused on this for a long period of time, you know, and in order to get to Mars and terraform it and create a new environment, I mean, obviously, the first one is creating intergalactical intergalactic travel, you know, but when we look at Mars, it doesn't have the same type of atmosphere as Earth. So at some point, you know, you are going to have to have environments that can produce oxygen, produce environments where we can eat, you know, and this is going to be a big issue. Now, I think to the actual travel to Mars, you know, whenever you're traveling to Mars, there's different ramifications of it. How do you get to Mars? If you want to send a spacecraft all the way to Mars, first you'll need a fast rocket to escape the pull of Earth's gravity. The heavier your spacecraft, the more powerful your rocket needs to be to lift off. Next, make sure you launch at the right time. Mars and Earth orbit the Sun at different speeds and distances. Sometimes they're really far apart, and other times they come closer together. About every two years, the two planets are in perfect positions to get to Mars with the least amount of rocket fuel. That's important. The total trip is over 300 million miles. Finally, make sure your aim is right. You can't shoot for where Mars is at launch time. You have to aim for where it will be when you get there. It's a lot like how a quarterback passes a football. Also, you may need a few thrusts to correct your direction along the way so you don't miss Mars. If all goes well, you'll get to the red planet in about seven or eight months. Then, if you actually want to land on Mars, well, that's a whole other challenge. I mean, so we're still a long way from actually traveling to Mars. When you hear that, this, the science and understanding the thrusters of how to land on Mars is going to be a whole different endeavor. And I think that with missions like Chapita, um, we're getting the ability to see some of the first effects of what it would be like in terms of isolation. We haven't seen isolation in space within rockets. So, and we've seen a little bit of what's happened with actually SpaceX trip um where they had the civilians go up which is an incredible documentary it's inspiration is the name of the documentary and it's showing how four people can come together and how they do different mission sets and team building in order to create environment you know in space now these four individuals in my opinion have not done any team building they're just putting them together and i think in a lot of ways it's hard to determine if they're going to go the full 378 days i mean they're going to be they're still going to be able to communicate with their family only via video message sent and email sent. So they're not going to have any real-time communications. And they can always walk out whenever they want. It's not like the door is locked. So I think in all reality, in theory, this is going to be a good mission to test what people are capable of. But because it's in a such a central location, I think it's going to be hard to really get that full year experience, you know. But understanding what this mission does for the longevity of mars is going to improve how we do it now whenever we look at mars as a whole in my opinion this is where i'm going to go a little bit off topic just to talk about this we talk a lot about ai creating environments where it could potentially take over or ruin humankind now in my ultimate opinion the right question is how do we leverage ai for situations like space travel I mean, I'm going to get a little sci-fi with you right now, and I'm just going to paint a picture in order to give better insight. Right now, obviously, we're humans, and we have to live with certain type of, uh, of needs. We need oxygen. We need water. We need sunlight. These are things that are inhabited solely for Earth. You know, 
the atmosphere, the way the gravity is created. Mars is a little bit similar, but even when we look at the concept of gravity as it relates to the Earth spinning, that's a whole thing within itself. You know, if we were to automatically transfer over to Venus, for instance, we'd be smushed. So it's important. But in my ultimate opinion, the best utilization is not how can we get to space, but what can we get to space or what can we get to Mars? I know Elon Musk's dream is to go to Mars and potentially die one day, or hopefully he'll be able to go to Mars within his lifetime, but we're probably still about 50 years away from being able to go to Mars, in my opinion, unless we utilize new technology. And I think AI will be a good addition to the space endeavor. If you think about it, if we had autonomous if we had autonomous systems that could operate and get us to where we need to be, this is what would really help us. Imagine if you have environments where in certain situations you heard that video where thrust is going to be important. You know, it's going to be really difficult to put people in a spaceship for six months. And obviously we see sci-fi situations where we put them to sleep. But I do think we could see something like Space Odyssey 2001 where we have ships that are driving themselves and being able to course correct. Now, the thing about space is you don't always need thrust. So if you can think about it, if you threw a ball into space, it would have the same thrust of when you threw it, the same trajectory. Gravity is what kind of deviates it from where it needs to go. So if it gets in a different Earth orbit, that's what's going to impact where the, where the, the thing is going. So if you can create a rocket to go to Mars, that's one thing. So and then landing it is a whole nother, and then flying the rover up to the rocket and flying back. So this is really the situation we're probably going to see a problem with in Mars as we can get to Mars, but how do we get back? You know, And if we're going to be using these 3D renderings of houses that they're talking about, a lot of machinery is going to have to be flown in first. You know, And I honestly see a situation where we start to use autonomous AI robots, if you will, to go to Mars and create environments where humans can live. And I think that's probably the best use case scenario of where we're utilizing both technology and human capability. Because I know we want to go to another planet for obvious reasons for to live on Mars. I mean, could you imagine living on Mars and having like a Martian ID and then thinking about what that conversation would be like, you know? Of, of just seeing those different aspects of life. You know, I think it, it, it creates new questions about what's possible, but it's not that far off. I mean, we're already testing what humans will be like in those environments and the technology is there and we've sent rovers to Mars. And, you know, how far is away for us to send an AI robot there in order to start creating environments in which we could live? Now, I know everyone's like, AI robots, what if like they went crazy and became Martians and are whatever but you know hey this is just a podcast it's a thought experiment i want to thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate all the support and we'll get back to you tomorrow